You're about to embark on another stellar podcast journey brought to you by the Edge of Company, empowering pioneers of Web3, tech, and culture. Responsible for other groundbreaking endeavors like the Outer Edge LA Innovation Festival and Edge of NFT podcast. Find out more at edgeof.xyz, edgeofnft.com, and outeredgela.live. Hey, I'm Zohar Dayan, SVP of product at Vimeo, the interactive video experience platform. We've revolutionized video creation tools and technology, and I'm on the Edge of AI, a great resource for exploring the AI revolution. Hello, AI podcast passengers. Jump on in. Here's what's to come on today's journey. Find out how an industry-leading video platform has enabled everyone to become a content creator using the power of AI. Why our guest today has a unique perspective on reality, if there is one. And what other industry leaders you might want to follow to stay on the edge of AI when you're not listening to the edge of AI. All this and more, take your seat. Welcome aboard the Edge of AI podcast. Snap into your safety belt and prepare to explore the depths of the rapidly expanding AI universe. Each episode is a dispatch featuring hyper-relevant reports from the pilots, pioneers, and passengers aboard the AI rocket ship. We explore the latest use cases and developments in AI, hear from experts building tech, and learn how this disruptive force is transforming industries and society. Welcome aboard. I'm Ron Levy, your captain for today's voyage to the edge of AI. Just like most of you, I've embraced the spirit of exploration and entrepreneurship throughout my whole life. From starting my own business before graduating high school to traversing the world's most challenging terrains, I've always sought out new frontiers and adventures. I built one of the largest award-winning custom home companies in Los Angeles, and most recently, I've navigated complex regulations while founding and leading a public company that is dedicated to applying technology and training. Buckle up and get ready. Let's tackle uncharted territories in AI today with curiosity as our guiding star. And I'm your co-captain today, Josh Krieger, for this exhilarating voyage. Just like you, I have an insatiable curiosity for disruptive ideas and technology, which led me to a cross-industry entrepreneurial journey building transformative companies. As co-founder of Edge of Company, I've hosted over 250 conversations with emerging tech leaders, and artificial intelligence has been one of my key tools in my toolkit for a long time. I was co-founder of a company that is one of the largest food tech players in the space, and I architected the menu planning algorithm based on consumer taste. And before this, my roots in consulting included geospatial visualization services across the federal government, where I was a program manager, and I helped to curb veteran homelessness around predictive analytics initiative that was key to the government at that time. Together, we're gonna to navigate uncharted territory in AI. So buckle up and get ready to embark on this amazing adventure with you. Let's set sail. Today's episode features Zohar, the SVP of product at Vimeo, the interactive video experience platform. Zohar oversees a suite of tools that have revolutionized video creation and editing for top tier companies. Prior to his role at Vimeo, he founded Wibbits a trailblazing automated video creation platform, which Vimeo acquired in 2021. This innovation now drives video content for powerhouses like Verizon and Bloomberg. 
With over two decades in product design and management, Zohar's entrepreneurial spirit has seen him launch multiple startups and earn accolades, such as being named among Geek Time's top five Israeli entrepreneurs and the Makers 40 Under 40 list. His insights on innovation have great stages at South by Southwest, Viva Tech, and even a TEDx platform. Vimeo has evolved from a showcase for creatives to a robust platform where anyone can create, edit, and share videos, whether you're a beginner or a pro. From marketers to CEOs, everyone finds value in Vimeo. While their tools have advanced over time, their primary goal remains constant, to empower individuals to craft and share exceptional videos. Wow, what a bio. Nice to have you on the show, Zohar. Thank you very much for having me. Where are you today in the world? I am in Brooklyn, New York. All right, cool. Well, Ron and I are in LA and we've been really excited to have this conversation with you. It seems like Vimeo is really taking AI by storm and sort of embedding it into the DNA of the company and the products that you're building. And your background sort of makes you an ideal guest for our show to give us that longitudinal perspective on where we're at and sort of the humanities AI journey. So appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. So wanted to start off, like you had this transition from WeBits to Vimeo. So you have this interesting perspective as well on sort of the video creation industry and how that's been changing over time. Could you kind of delve into some of those roles with these different companies and describe your personal journey between them? Sure. So like you mentioned before, prior to Vimeo, I founded a company called Wibbits. What we essentially created at Wibbits is a technology to automate video creation. Now, just to give some perspective and a sense of time here, this was back in 2009. So it's really amazing to see the evolution and change that has happened in the world with video, how people consume video, how people create video, and where we are today with AI. So, Zohar, where does 2009 come into play with YouTube? What year did YouTube really take off? I think it was probably early 2000s. Yeah, something I'm like just that. trying to put it in context for you. We're designing the next step. So go, go ahead. Yeah, I would say between 2000, 2005, that's kind of like consumer video kind of breaking through. And when we started Wibbits, the initial idea was to really enable anybody to create a professional quality video, no matter what their background or experience was. And the idea was to just have an input of text. So essentially almost like a prompt or a URL, and we would automatically analyze that text, try to understand what it's about, summarize it if it was too long, go out and find the most relevant kind of visual assets, as well as automatically create visual assets for things like quotes, locations, numbers, weather, stuff like that. Any data that could be visualized essentially would automatically create an infographic to better tell the story, return the summarized text into voiceover. And essentially within a few seconds, you would have a professional quality looking video that would have taken a human several hours to do. Now, back then, we saw the main use case and the main need in the publisher space. So basically media companies, news organizations, websites, blogs, and so forth, that at that time really started to understand the value of video in terms of user engagement, as well as on their business. So in terms of advertising real estate, video is worth much, much more. So essentially, if you have a video on an article page, or on a blog post, 
that increases the value of that article because you can advertise higher dollar advertisements against. So that's kind of where we saw the biggest need. And I think it was very interesting to see that evolution. And initially, as you can imagine, many people were skeptical, especially the writers and the editors and the content producers that were scared about the quality, were hesitant about maybe this would replace me in the future and stuff like that, which is very interesting because we hear that similar theme today across many industries. I think we've heard that theme throughout the decades, right? Each decade, there's some new thing that people are afraid of. And I think it's just part of humans. Like we fear what's different. And part of what the show is all about is trying to break through those fear barriers and really try to understand and unpack the potential of this technology. Exactly. And I think it's also interesting, this specific example, to also see how certain industries kind of lead the way. It varies across what the solution is. But in this case, we saw that the main need came from that media space. I remind you also that this was kind of in the early days of smartphones. Not all websites were really optimized for a mobile viewing experience. Cellular bandwidth speeds weren't 4G and 5G and ultra wideband like they are today. So it was really at its infancy, I think. And fast forward a few years, we started working with all the major news companies and media providers in the world, which companies like USA Today and Forbes and Bloomberg and so on. And I think very quickly, the editorial teams also understood that this was another tool in their tool set. What we always like to say is that, yes, the video is created automatically for you, but it's only 80% of the way there. And the goal is for really for you to focus on the content itself and less on the kind of mundane, tedious tasks that go into creating a video specifically, which is they're very time consuming as well. Yeah. Not only no. that, we also kind of expanded across the organization who can create videos. So I think that was really kind of interesting to see that, that evolve and the evolution of that was kind of seeing more brands and companies look to create more video content for content marketing purposes. Social media platforms started to prioritize video content in the feed. So essentially, if you weren't producing video content, you weren't showing up, you weren't getting eyeballs on your content. And that's kind of when brands started really getting interested in creating short form video content. And quickly after that, we saw another evolution where these videos were autoplayed in your feed and people were getting angry that it has audio. So the default was having videos play automatically on mute. And then you had to have big text captions on the videos that were, we're so accustomed to see that format today. But back then, that was a new thing. And that's kind of where it was born from. So I think it's interesting to see the way everything evolved, going to vertical video as well before... 2010, 2015, vertical video, shooting video in vertical was a big, big no-no in the creator world because most people would view it in a landscape player, which created these two large black bars on the side. It looked really awful. And then came along platforms like Snapchat, which really created a new standard for vertical video as well. 
Yeah, the evolution's been fascinating. We started Edge of two years ago, and we started with our first podcast was audio only. And sort of going to video was an afterthought. And we grew that audience quite a bit, as well as on social media like Twitter. But we've seen a massive shift in terms of video consumption of podcasting, which is why this show and our other show are video. And I will attest, it's a lot more work as a content creator to add that video component. And someone like myself, I think I preferred the audio only side. I don't have to shave, you know, those types of fun things. But Ron and I have really embraced sort of video as part of our show because it's what the people want and you got to give people what they want. So any way to make that easier, I think, is very impactful. We have quite a team behind the scenes to do pre-production, post-production, editing. It's not as easy as just sort of turning on your iPhone and just making something happen, though it is getting easier with tools like the ones that you're building. So very cool. It's even more challenging when you need to really tailor the content to every platform because consumption habits are different when it comes to Facebook or Instagram or Instagram stories or LinkedIn or X. So I agree that leveraging tools is not only a nice thing to have, I think it's a must have if you really want to create a scalable content business or have video content as part of your overall content strategy. Hearing your story, it's the history of video as it came to the masses, so to speak. And you hit on so many things that any of us have been around all that time, actually in the industry or even not, you've given us the video of utilizing video from 20 years ago to now and that journey. But what's amazing is you told it from a personal historical place. We can kind of look back on it and say, wow, Zohar's right. But you actually told the story as it went. And what really hits for me is in order to build the businesses you've built and, and do what you've done, you had to make decisions along the way with your best guesstimate on where it's going and what will catch fire and what won't. And obviously, you've made some very, very right decisions along the way. So talk to me a little bit about sort of lessons you learned as an entrepreneur, even before all that, and tie it into now as to your decision making and use of the technology for something as useful and amazing as it is now? Well, I think some of the things that I've learned is really to, A, be ambitious, because when we were starting all this, we were kind of saying automated video creation, our tagline at Wibbits was text to video. And we- Well, you were early with that. Yeah, it's really amazing to see now, like all the conversation around generative AI and use of phrases like text to image or text to video, because when we were pitching, Wibbits to investors in the early days, you were a couple of kids right out of college. Everybody kind of said, you know, you guys are nice and it sounds like a fun idea, but it's never going to happen basically. And it's possible to do. So I really think that being ambitious and having a clear vision and just like knowing you're going to reach a lot of walls along the way, the more ambitious your idea is, probably the more walls you're going to hit along the way. And it's important to overcome them and, and trust your gut and trust what you're seeing and what you're hearing in the market through an objective lens as much as possible. But I think that is definitely key. I think also seeing kind of usage and uh, trends and behaviors across consumer behavior, I think that is a telltale sign or early signal of 
what businesses and organizations are going to evolve to because we're seeing the consumerization of enterprise products essentially and i think a lot of it starts with the way consumers and end users kind of behave how they consume content how they view content how they create content where they consume that content or create that content on so i really kind of enjoy looking at different behaviors across different user segments and, and applying yeah. them in places you, where they don't necessarily kind of wouldn't be the first place you think about. Yeah, you pointed something out that really struck me. And that is, and it's really based on some of the other podcasts we've delivered, the consumerization of enterprise products. Like there's been numerous people around that. Your product is certainly that, right? Consumer can now do what it took a whole organization to do. Really a big statement. I just don't want to overlook that. It's a big deal. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the theme here so far has been adapting quickly. It's not just recognizing these trends, but evolving with them. And I think the video industry is not for the faint hearted with all these social platforms doing all these different things. And Vimeo has sort of adapted as well, I guess, since you've been there and joined in 2021, but also probably prior to that. How has that evolution sort of happened and kind of talk us through that? process of Vimeo going from not only being a video player, but also this platform that caters to all these different video creators. If you look back, Vimeo started as a place to host your videos, kind of our high quality streaming quality through our player really became kind of our main claim to fame. We really saw the level of quality and the types of people that quality was important to them kind of make Vimeo their home for their videos. And it kind of became that go-to place to search and kind of get inspired by high quality content. And it became really a haven for content creators and specifically filmmakers. But it really evolved a lot since then because I think Vimeo has also seen those signals that I was talking about before, how the use cases and the way people behave applies to different segments. And if Vimeo of 10 years ago was a lot more kind of consumer oriented, we really see today the vast majority are businesses, whether it's prosumers or hobbyists or creators, as well as SMBs, agencies, all the way up to corporate and enterprise types of companies that really make use of the Vimeo platform. And the reason for that is because video is so prominent today in every company's strategy, whether it's for external or internal purposes. And the fact that most of the world is now following the pandemic is remote in some form, whether it's partially remote or fully remote. And just like we're talking today through a video and I didn't have to go to a studio to record this, this is how most companies operate today on a day-to-day -day basis. So we really tried at Vimeo to see that evolution in customer trends and company trends and really adapt to the market and really give businesses the end-to-end -end video platform that they can do anything, whether it's hosting, creating, editing, making interactive videos, live streaming, collaborating on video, getting the analytics and distributing content across all different channels and really making Vimeo the home for all your video content. So we obviously don't 
expect users and companies not to use all the different social media platforms and YouTube, but really have Vimeo as that central hub for all your video content that you can later kind of, well, first of all, you can collaborate with your team and manage in a safe and secure place, but also distribute to every channel that you need to post that content on. It's one thing to kind of see that coming and know it's coming, but Vimeo took action, right? And took action right away because, I mean, this brings us up to what you just launched in June of this year, which was just a few months ago. And that is the recent intro of AI-powered video. And I think that's a really big deal. And it really tied into us being edge of AI. This is a really, really powerful product you've got. I think the goal behind it, if I'm not misstating it, is democratizing video creation. And to that end, I'm going to do a quick little screen share that we set up here. So give me one second. Yeah, we want to take a look at quick sort of demo video that you guys put together. And for our audio listeners, I think you'll get a sense of it, but you can also check out the YouTube for seeing it IRL and we'll share the link to it as well for our listeners. Okay, just got to get this posted and done. What the? Oh, I forgot it was National Avocado Day, a totally legitimate holiday. Let's see. I can definitely do this. I, I need a video script for social media. It needs to feature like five ways to use avocados in recipes. It's like, it has to be casual, right? It's avocados. That was freaking fast. Whoa, if only avocados would ripen that fast. Something with a tongue, right? It's like, what's up guys? Let's start with a twist on guacamole. Serve this vibrant set of cit fresh citrus. Boom. Gotta somehow get it to 60 seconds. Make me sound like a genius. All set. All right. Just gotta get this on social. And bam. What's up, guys? Can you believe it's already National Avocado Day again? <laughs> I did it. Nice. I have the opposite problem. My avocados ripen too quickly. <laughs> I buy one too many avocados and then I like have to decide. It's kind of mushy and brown, but it's probably still good. I usually throw it in a smoothie, but really cool technology. I think for the audio listeners, got all the way to posting it to your socials, and that became super easy as well. That was 57 seconds, and I think you showed off what must have been hundreds of hours worth of work. Yes, and I think to understand the importance of this, it's really important to take a few steps back. I think it also relates to the previous question about Vimeo's evolution. When you ask most people about video, specifically when it comes to creating or editing videos, I think what most people associate it with is complexity. It's complex. It's hard. I don't know how to do it. I need to hire a professional to do it on my team. And at Vimeo, our goal has always been to make video simple. And that's, again, going back to consumerization of enterprise products or enterprise-grade products really make the UI simple, easy, and fun to use and really to level the playing field to make video accessible to anybody, no matter what their background or experience is. And I think we've really doubled down on that with our AI video creation and editing suite that you just displayed here that we just launched this summer, which essentially starts with the whole idea behind this is to boost that confidence with people to make people understand that anyone can be a creator, whether you're creating content to com communicate with your customers or with your users, or even with your 
fellow employees internally, video is important and anybody can do it. And specifically with our AI video creation suite, it all starts with kind of communicating a message through video. So recording video messages, video content, whether it's a message or a screen share or product walkthrough or a presentation. And it really starts with our new record studio. It's a place where you can record your screen, you can do a screen share, you can do both at the same time. And there's a variety of different tools that boost that confidence. And the first one being is the AI script generator. So this is where you kind of first meet AI in that journey. We all kind of know that feeling when you have writer's block, you don't even know where to start, you're staring at a blank canvas. And the goal here is to really eliminate that and to help you get started quickly. So essentially you can ask the AI to create a script for you. You can decide what length it would be, short, medium, long, and the tone of voice that you would like the AI to write it in. It could be casual, funny, confident, professional, whatever you're looking for. And again, the idea here is to really just create kind of a starting point that you can later customize and edit and tweak and make your own. Once that script is ready, you can open it in a teleprompter. So we all know that talking to a camera can be intimidating. We try to remember what we want to say, or we have some note on our screen somewhere that we're looking at text and reading off it. So we made it easy by having a teleprompter that you can position really close to your camera. So it looks like you're looking at the camera. You can control the font size. And again, we have some sprinkle of AI here as well, because this teleprompter is a smart teleprompter. Essentially, it identifies what you're saying and automatically scrolls based on the speed that you're speaking in. So if you're pausing oh, for like a second, big it's boys. Pause. That's beautiful. Exactly. Because even if you set a certain pace, it's sometimes hard to follow. And the whole idea behind this product is that you can create a video in one take. And this is another tool that helps you create video content in one take. Now, even if you do mess up, which we all do, knowing what the next step is really increases that confidence even more. And the next step, once you're finished your video recording, we automatically transcribe the video. So you have the, the full text transcription of that video, and you can open that video in our text-based video editor. So essentially, the way that works is you edit a video just like you would edit a text document. So if you know how to edit a Word document, you know how to edit a video like yes, this. That's essentially... just simply amazing. I'm sorry, I'm reflecting back to when I bought a GoPro, which was a great idea, and I'm a skier. I took it down the mountain. That was wonderful. When it came to editing, I never saw that film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And what you're describing now is just really unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I'm on the website. A lot of these tools are free, and then there's some like premium features that you can opt into. Right. Is that the gist? Basically, yeah. Our goal is to enable users to be able to try as much of our features as possible. And if they find value in them, opt into one of our paid plans. Specifically with text-based video editing, I think it's a really kind of magical feeling. Like that's kind of like the feedback that we get from a lot of users who use it for the first time because it's so easy. You can just select or highlight a word or a sentence or a paragraph that you would like to remove and just press delete. And it's going to delete that from the video. And here's another place that you meet those AI capabilities because going back to what I was saying before that we all mess up when we record a video, you can automatically remove certain things like filler words and word gaps and awkward silent moments in the videos with literally 
a click of a button. And once you click that, it's going to show you how much time you've trimmed off of your video in one click. So it's stuff like that that really make it easy, quick, and intuitive. You touched on a couple of things you heard from some of your users and consumers. I'm I'm really curious, like, do any of the reach outs from your customers, any of them in particular stand out for their big wow moment? Because I mean, what you're describing is pretty amazing. I think there is little wow moments across the journey. I think the biggest one is probably in the text-based video editor. Because it's so easy and it's such a familiar experience, like we all edit documents and essentially it's bringing that same experience into video editing, which is really awesome. And just being able to stitch it all together in a couple of minutes is really remarkable because even a professional video creator or video editor using conventional methods, it would take hours to do. And we bring it down to literally minutes. Really wow. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to definitely play around with this some more. And I'm sure our production crew will as well. They're listening on and getting to know some of these features. But just to take a step back here, we talked about the history and, and where you all are now, but I'd love sort of to get into your macro view on the role of AI in video's future, not only within Vimeo, but also the wider industry. It took you some time to get to this moment but at this stage, you see the big companies rolling out new tech almost weekly, right? Like what's going to happen next here? Well, I think what we're seeing is really a paradigm shift and a tipping point when it comes to creation tools and what it means to be a creator and what original content means and what creativity means. I think as it relates to content creation, specifically with visual content like video, I think creators need to embrace it. Like you said, all the major companies are incorporating AI tools in various degrees within their product suites, just like Vimeo is doing. And going back to what I touched on before, I don't think the goal is to replace people, although I do think that some jobs will definitely go away, but it's really to enhance, to enhance how creators can create content and I think just like with other technological evolutions and breakthroughs, it redefines what creativity is, how you use these different tools. If you look back at how animated video used to be created in the past, animators used to draw every single frame. That's not how it works today, obviously, with animation software. And I think you can apply the same thing to what video creation is going to look like and what graphic design is going to look like overall. And I think there's a difference between technical abilities and creativity. The animation thing is interesting because it was originally all done here in the States for, you know, most of the production companies were here. But then when that got too expensive because they were drawing on every individual image that moved overseas, but then the next step was it went to technology. So you're, you're certainly right about that. Besides potential job loss, has there been other concerns voiced by any of your customers or around your part of the industry? Sure. A lot of what we're seeing is very powerful. AI capabilities are very powerful. And just like they can do a lot of great stuff, they can also do a lot of bad stuff. And I think a lot of companies are asking themselves, how do we approach it and how do we deal with that? Because when it comes to video, for example, video, images, voice, you can do 
a lot of shady things with this kind of stuff, whether it's deep fakes or security issues, like voice identification, stuff like that. So it really is a big question that I don't think it has a clear answer today. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it, this it, will it, require a lot of regulation as well. Yep. And I'm glad of this. A lot of in-industry solutions, because there's um, companies now that are built to just recognize deep fakes, whether it's voice or video or still pictures. There's whole businesses around doing that. And that's self-regulation. I'm not saying it can stop at that point, but I think it's really great to see that within the industry. And yeah. I think that's a great example also of how I said before, like some jobs may disappear and evolve just like today. We don't have phone operators in a phone room kind of plugging in wires, but it's also going to create a whole lot of new jobs. And I think that is a great example for one industry that I think is going to continue to grow. Yeah, certainly. And we have a conference coming up at the end of March, tentatively planned. And one of the key parts of that conversation will be around the future of the creator economy. And you've already talked to the fact that the pool of creators is expanding. I am kind of curious if there's any new types of creators that you've seen on the Vimeo platform or sort of any trends around the types of creators that are coming on. Are you getting younger creators or older creators or creators from industries that maybe weren't so keen to try this type of technology out? Are companies being more creative with video? What are the trends you're seeing and and where is all this going in terms of the broader sort of AI movement in terms of the utilization of this type of technology and how it applies to other industries? I think what we're seeing is really across the board. I think what kind of separates the ones that we are seeing embrace these types of tools more is curiosity and the willing to experiment. It's a really experimental type of folks. Because again, going back to what I said before, like there's a lot of people in the creator world, in the creative world that are hesitant about these generative AI tools. But there is also a lot that are super excited about them and curious and doing really awesome things. And we're seeing that on Vimeo as well. And I think it really is amazing to see because it redefines creativity. Because again, this is another tool in your toolbox that you can use. And you could be creative just in how the way you use it and let alone the output. Even with simple things like today, mid-journey prompts. Anybody can write a prompt that is a girl sitting on the beach during sunset. But somebody who really has that professional context and knowledge can really get so specific with these prompts to really get exactly the type of shot. It's almost being like on site and producing a whole shot, the level of precision you can get with it up to the lighting, the type of shot, what camera it was shot on, what lens, what time of day. So I really think that it's a really exciting time and we're already seeing really amazing ways it's being put into use. Well, I think through Vimeo, there's going to be a lot of quote unquote, why didn't I think of that moments? <laughs> Just one after the other. Super great. We're going to move on. To and now a brief interlude from today's show so you can get ready to wave your magic wand with Cast Magic. Our team saved a ton of time and money using Cast Magic for our show, and the potential use cases are boundless for any company creating content. Imagine turning a single recording into a goldmine of engagement 
for any type of show, webinar, or other type of audio and or video content, whether it's short or long. With CapsMagic, you can save over 20 hours a week. No more tedious transcribing or brainstorming social media posts. CapsMagic does it all, generating show notes, summaries, blog posts, and even newsletters in minutes. Think of it as your content alchemist, transforming every audio or video into a treasure trove of valuable content. Want to experience the magic? Get a seven-day trial on us by going to bit.ly forward slash CapsMagicReferral and join CapsMagic's vibrant Slack community of over a thousand innovators. Don't just create, cast your magic with Cast Magic. Segment two now, which is AI wants to know, and you mentioned curiosity. So AI is curious, but so are we. And this is designed to uncover the intriguing human mysteries that AI is trying to comprehend, but can't necessarily quite grasp. So it's a snack break in our journey. So keep the answers quick, but the safety belt sign, that's off. So if it feels right, we can occasionally roam about the cabin, exploring more of who you are and what makes you tick. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, let's go. What's the first thing you ever remember being proud of? Probably something I did in Microsoft Paint and one of the first Windows computers I had back in the day. Very cool. That software is not easy to navigate. I had a lot of long brush strokes, so congrats on that. What do you need help with that you wish you didn't? I started as a software developer. So I love to code. I love to design things. I haven't coded in a while. So I think unfortunately today I would need help with coding. What do others look to you for help with? I think knowing how to tell stories. So storytelling in general, I think everything is about storytelling, no matter if it's in product or sales or marketing. And I really enjoy the storytelling aspect of things. How true that is. How many great messages get lost because the uh, wrong storytellers telling them. And it's a really good point. We're going to go to question number four. And what do you treasure most about your human abilities? Let's say creativity and resourcefulness. Nice. Yeah. Those are really good when you're making uh, videos as well. <laughs> so throughout your whole life, what is the most consistent thing about you? I think I've always been very determined. Right on. True entrepreneurial grit. And then throughout your whole life, what has changed the most? Technology. Yeah. So what technology you use? What about you personally? What part of you has changed the most? I think being more empathetic. I can relate. That's definitely one of those traits that has evolved in time. Yeah, that's great. Let's hit on reality. What do you find strangest about reality? The thing I find strangest about reality is that there is no more reality. I think everybody has an opinion today to a point where it's very hard to know what is factual and get everybody on the same page because it seems like everybody forms their own opinion and there is no more reality. I so great you said that. I can't tell you often I'm saying these days, it's not time yet to have an opinion. Like just keep asking questions, right? Uh, yeah. I think social media played a big role. People feel very empowered when they have an opinion, but in most cases, just get a little more information first, please. It just reinforces your personal opinion, which is, is yeah, that's a problem. A whole nother story. You know that feeling we've all had it before about feeling really alive. So what's the most recent example for yourself on that? This morning, just like every morning, just like spending time with my daughter, a baby girl. How old is she? She's going to be one year in a week. Oh, oh wow. Wow. 
<laughs> and I'm sure she already has a clear personality, right? Yeah, she does. She's very determined also. <laughs> <laughs> With all this video technology around her, you're kind of foreshadowing her future, I suspect. Well, we're limiting her screen time for the time being. Amen. No screen time. <laughs> There's plenty of time for that later. That's right. Yeah. I'm not a parent, but I've talked to a lot of parents that are trying to do that. They want their kids to get outside and, and enjoy the world because there are those children that are basically screen zombies at this point, right? Where there's yeah. like five of them in a room and they're not talking to each other. They're just looking at their iPads or whatever. So, yeah, which is not unlike us, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, they mirror us more than we would like to know. What's your most unique trait? I think organization. Very important skill set. Can't say that is how I have been blessed. And then <laughs> if you weren't human, what would you be? No, it's funny. I'm not really a cat person, but I think I would be a cat. They're clean. They always land on their legs. So. Mine on their feet. Nice. So we have one bonus question for you. Sometimes we do this since we're on this theme of videos and whatnot. I am curious if there's a video that you've created in your life that's most memorable to you. Oh my gosh. I've created so many videos in my life. <laughs> I would say maybe one comes to mind is the first demo video that we did for Wibbits. It obviously wasn't real and was like totally edited but I would say that helped us raise our first round of funding. Nice. We even created an iMovie or something. Very cool. Well, thanks for indulging us. We appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. Our next segment is really about folks that you look to as influencers in your life. We call this AI leaders and influencers. And we just love to know if there's any leaders that you notice in the world of AI that you're sort of taking stock of. Sure. I think there are many. Maybe I won't be so original with this answer, but obviously people who have made a real big dent so far are people like Elon Musk, not just in AI as an entrepreneur in general and visionary. You can have whatever opinion about his, his ways, which are controversial a little bit, but there's no doubt that he really was able to create a dent in the universe and how we function, how we think about things in a variety of different fields, which is also really incredible. Sam Altman, obviously also, again, talking about consumerization of products. I think that OpenAI was not the first to work with large language models and generative AI, but they were the first to consumerize it and make it accessible to everyone. And we saw that what that means in terms of the rapid growth, how people have adopted it. I was on a panel about a month ago and I asked the audience, how many people tried or experienced AI in the past year? And 95% of the people raised their hands. And then I asked, what if I asked this question five years ago and almost nobody raised their hands? And I think a lot of that has to do with OpenAI and ChatGPT. So, yeah. That's powerful. And then the Part of it is not realizing when they are engaging with AI, not having to find it for themselves, because there's a lot out there that we do deal with every single day. And you don't stop and think about it. The computer is actually thinking and with generative creating something that didn't exist before. It's and even, you know, companies like Apple, you wouldn't hear AI in any of their pitches. I don't think they've mentioned it once, but 
they are for sure using a lot of AI, even just in picture and image processing of photos that you take on your iPhone and then retouch them with studio lighting and stuff like that and portrait mode. And we've been um, using that for years. That's right. For years. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Audio enhancements is another example. but Yep. And back to your comments about Musk, he's certainly controversial, but when it comes to trailblazing in different directions, very unique. And I'd say his efforts have had a big impact on where we all are right now. So it's, 100%. Yeah, for sure. How about going from sort of people to just resources within AI, any books, any podcasts, anybody in particular you follow? Like, is there, is there any resources for our listeners that if they wanted to take what they've learned from you today and continue on that journey, is there any place that you're gaining some of your knowledge? I really think just trying to find the right forums. I find a lot of interesting things on X, I guess we call it now. A lot of interesting things I come across pretty randomly there from various people, like people you wouldn't even think of in some cases. I also do follow other people like Scott Belsky from Adobe. It's really interesting to see their approach to things. There's a substack I really like by Jeremy Kaplan. It's called Wonder Tools. It's not all AI, but a lot of it recently has been AI tools. And I know Adobe has been releasing more and more AI tools with their PDF platforms. Yeah, right. we actually have our next live podcast that will actually have been done before this airs on November 14th with Adobe in LA. So excited cool. to sort of dive into what they're up to for sure. Appreciate those shout outs. Our last. Hello again, AI explorers. Thank you for staying with us on this rocket ship. Your thoughts matter to us. So share what you enjoy most about Edge of AI and what you crave more of on our socials at edge of underscore AI. Your insights shape our content and guest choices. So thank you for being with us today. On to the next segment. Segment of today, and this has been a really awesome conversation, is around AI tips. Are there any sort of cool ways that you're using AI that you recommend folks use AI that maybe they haven't considered yet? Obviously, folks should check out Vimeo's tool and play around with that. But yeah, I mean, how are you using AI in your daily life that maybe we haven't covered yet? So for sure, use Vimeo AI tools. I use them daily. They make my life easier. But I use AI, going back to the storytelling part of things, I think it's really a great tool for storytelling, whether it's to do brainstorming with ChatGPT or create images that you can put in a presentation using things like Midjourney or Dolly. And the more you use them, the more you understand how to use them and the more you know how to create more unique content and how to be creative. And it can be really good for brainstorming, brainstorming ideas. It's kind of like your AI sounding board when all these tools are coupled together. So that's kind of how I use it. Fantastic. We're going to head toward closing it out here. But before we do that, Zohar, where would listeners go to follow you, keep up with what you're up to, what Vimeo is up to? Where's the best place to follow you? Probably on LinkedIn is the best. Zohar Diane. Great. Can you go ahead and spell that for our listeners? Z-O-H-A-R-D-A-Y-A-N. Fantastic. And of course, everyone knows, check out the AI tool at Vimeo.com, right? Yes, Vimeo.com. And with that, it's time for another safe landing at the outer edges of the AI universe for today. This is your Captain Ron. 
And your co-captain, Josh. And on behalf of our guest and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for choosing to voyage with us today. We wish you a safe and enjoyable continuation of your journey. When you come back aboard, make sure to bring a friend. Our starship is always ready for more adventures. Head over to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us, and share your thoughts. Your support and feedback mean the world to us. Don't forget to visit edgeofai.xyz to learn a lot more. And connect with us on all the major social platforms. Just search for edgeof underscore AI and join the exciting conversations that are happening online. Before we sign off, mark your calendars for our next voyage, where we'll continue to unravel the mysteries and advancements of AI. And until then, bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of AI reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. While we make every effort to ensure that the information about AI technology is accurate and up-to-date, we cannot guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeliness. We make no representations or warranties of any kind with respect to the information, products, or services discussed. Please be aware AI may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. Under no circumstances shall we be liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss or damage arising from loss of data or profits arising out of or in connection with the use of technology discussed on our podcast. Additionally, our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. Lastly, time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of these links. Refer to our website, edgeofai.xyz, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, privacy policy, and copyright notice. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of AI reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. While we make every effort to ensure that the information about AI technology is accurate and up-to-date, we cannot guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeliness. We make no representations or warranties of any kind with respect to the information, products, or services discussed. Please be aware AI may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. Under no circumstances shall we be liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss or damage arising from loss of data or profits arising out of or in connection with the use of technology discussed on our podcast. Additionally, our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. Lastly, time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of these links. Refer to our website, edgeofai.xyz, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, privacy policy, and copyright notice.